this, we turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'll be mindful of the time this morning. Uh, but speaking of time, we will, um, in January, our uh, Sunday school preliminaries, our hymn and birthdays and anniversaries and our assembly here that has been starting at 10 o'clock. In January, it will start at 945. Uh, so those who, who uh, attend that and want to attend that will begin at 945. If you uh, come just in time for your Sunday school class, that's okay too. And if you come just in time for your class, classes will begin promptly at 10 o'clock. And then what that will do is allow us to end our classes promptly at 1040 and um, to solve our bottleneck of people waiting to try to get into the sanctuary for morning worship. So that will give us from 1040 to 11 o'clock to come and fill in the sanctuary. And that's a good problem to have, right? So thank the Lord for that. So uh, thank you for that and for uh, how well that change has been received. We appreciate that very much. I want to preach this morning about motivation. Motivation. Uh, if you were here last week, we, we defined reality. Today I want us to look at motivation and even more specifically within motivation, looking at our motives behind our motivation. But it's part of our care series, care series. And if I care, first and foremost, we found out from last week, if I care, I must know reality. I must know the reality around me. I must know my own reality and the reality of others, if I'm going to care and serve and give, I must understand what is happening. So we had a reality check last Sunday morning. But today I want us to talk about our motivation. And there were two words that were just on my heart over and over yesterday as we were traveling some to, to visit a friend who was very sick. And those two words were intentional and intrinsic intentional and intrinsic. And if I'm thinking about my motivation and my motivation to serve God, my motivation to live for God, it must come intentionally and intrinsically from myself. Now, yes, the Holy Spirit, he will motivate me, he will prompt me, but I must cooperate with that. And so I want to preach to us this morning that as believers, we we must be motivated, and, and there are three M's that I want to look at briefly this morning. One is motivated towards maturity. One is motivated towards having pure motives, I guess the root word of that word, motivation. And then finally, motivated towards our God-given, our God-assigned mission. So what is motivation? Motivation is the, the reason or reasons that are behind us acting in a certain way. Simply put, we could say it is our get up and go. But some of you might look at me and say, Pastor, my get up and go has gotten up and went. Have you ever felt that way? But motivation towards God, motivation towards my purpose in living for God, and how many knows that we must be re-motivated many times in our Christian walks? And sometimes it's just a matter of telling ourselves internally or intrinsically, I'm going to get back up, I'm going to move forward, I'm going to take another step, I'm not going to neglect my walk with God or the purpose that God has for my life. So when I think about maturity, I think about a baby. 
And I think they may have a picture of a baby right there. Isn't it pretty? And I put there, old baby, it's time to mature. Now, everybody loves a baby. When my children were babies, I loved watching Donna take care of those babies. Everybody loves, you think I'm joking, don't you? Everybody loves a baby. Not looking that way, get in trouble. And then some people say, oh, my baby is already eight months old. Or, oh, my baby is two. As if we would want the baby to stay a baby. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you really want the baby to stay a baby forever? You really want to be burping that bad boy at 15 years old? <laughs> I'm just asking a question. <laughs> Do you really want the baby seven years from now to still be spitting up and changing diapers year after year after year, paying for diapers year after year. So do we really want the baby to stay a baby? In some sentimental way we do, but we really don't fully want the baby to stay a baby, do we? We want the baby to begin to grow, and then we get excited when the baby says his first words or when she takes her first steps, and, and then when she's a toddler, and then when she comes home with her first report card, and all of those milestones, we want to see a baby grow up. And I believe in, in our Christian walks, the Bible talks about us being babes in Christ. When we first come to know Jesus as our Savior, we're young, we're, we're new, we're babes in Christ. And how many knows that's a good thing at first, right? And, and in the body of believers, there's nothing more wonderful to, than to see a new convert, to see a new, new Christian, someone new give their heart and their life to, to God. And it brings excitement throughout the whole body, doesn't it? But there are times, a time that through a process, that babe in Christ and we were all babes in Christ. And you may say, Pastor, I'm a babe in Christ. I'm a baby in Christ right now. And I say, praise God for that. And what God will do is he'll grow you and begin to, to develop you. So let's, let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And Paul said this. He's writing to the church at Corinth. He said, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able to receive it. Paul was writing to a church and a group of Christians who should have already progressed past being babies in Christ to being more mature in Christ. And he said, I couldn't really teach everything to you. I really couldn't say and pour into you everything because you had not allowed God to grow you. So he was giving them the milk and not the solid food. Now, I believe that a baby starts with milk and then maybe goes to mush. Now, have you ever looked at some of that stuff and smelled it? Oh, my goodness. I'm just, just saying. But there was a, a peach cobbler delight that I loved. So if I ever saw that, I would get it. And it tasted so good if you took one of the baby spoons and ate it with the baby spoon. I'm just saying. But you go from milk, you go to mush, and then you kind of go to maybe semi-solids, and, and then finally you get into the meats. And I believe that's the same way with us as children of God. We, we are babies in Christ. 
but we start growing and we can start learning a little more and a little more and we can start handling more and he, God can give us more responsibility. And, and so I think in Christian speaking, as our lives in Christ, we need to grow up. We need to mature. Now let's look at verse 3. He's writing to them saying, I couldn't tell you everything. He said, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Can I tell us that Christians live differently? Can I tell us that Christians act differently? Christians should respond differently. To use a childlike term, Christians, we should behave ourselves differently. There is a standard that we should follow a biblical pattern of lifestyle. I'm not saying we're ever going to be perfect on this side, but we should try to strive to be more and more like Christ, shouldn't we? So Christians should act differently, should be differently. But here he called them carnal, and that carnal, that's a, that's a rough word. It's dealing with the flesh and the, the physical corruption even, really, of the, of the flesh. And, and for me to look at you and say, you're carnal, that would not be a nice thing for me to to say you would not want that adjective. I would not want that adjective. But let's look at three carnal things very quickly in that scripture that shouldn't be part of our lives. Envy. What is envy? Envy is discontent or resentful of someone else. If I am envious of someone else, if I'm resentful of someone else, that is something that I need to mature over and get out of my life. Amen? Strife. Strife is anger or, or bitter disagreement, conflict. If I'm always in conflict and I'm always posting about it on social media, maybe, just maybe, I'm letting the carnal flesh get the best of me. Because godly peaceableness, peacefulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Conflict, disagreement, that, that's carnal. And then he also said division. And division is an act of, of separating, of pulling apart. And how many times through the scriptures does, does God talk about the unity of the body of Christ? And how God works in unity. Can I tell you this morning that thank God for the Holy Presence and the Holy Spirit that, that is with us and has already moved around our altars and throughout our worship time. But if we did not have unity, we would hinder the working of the Holy Spirit. If we did not have unity, we would hinder the ministry of the gospel. Even those practical things like the shoeboxes and the, the Tuesday's table and the caring ministries that go out of this church. We must be unified. But when we start dividing, then we're acting as, a, as carnal. Look at verse 4. For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of, of Apollos, are you not carnal? Can I just say it very carefully this morning? I'm not following a man. I'm following God. Amen. And I want to preach to you this morning. Don't follow me. Follow God. Amen. We are all just instruments of God and working in God's field and working on God's building and doing God's ministry. But we follow Christ. Amen. We follow Christ. And there's too many in the church world today where, that are getting caught up with a certain man or a certain woman or a certain movement. But I tell us this morning to turn our eyes on Christ and follow him because he will not fail us. He will not let us down. 
They say back in the 1980s, there were two prominent men in, in Christianity and they both fell within a couple of years ago. And they, it said that many Christians gave up their walk with Christ during that time. That is just sad all the way around, isn't it? But I want to preach to us this morning maturity. Our maturity says, no, I'm following Christ. I'm following the Bible. I'm not following an infallible man who may let me down, but I'm following Christ who will never let me down. And that's a mature faith. Look at verse 5. Paul is writing this. He's writing it about himself. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed. And thank God for ministers who have helped us all believe. As the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered. But here's the key. God gave the increase. And I want to tell us this morning, any good thing that comes out of our lives, out of our churches, out of our ministries, out of anything we do, it is going to be because God gives the increase. May we not become too exalted in ourselves. May we not become too exalted in any leader or teacher or preacher or anybody. But let us know that it is God who gives the anointing. It is God that gives the ability. And it is God who gives the increase. So that's maturity. But let's check our motives here just briefly this morning. Why do we do what we do? Now, I don't want to get all philosophical on us this morning, but sometimes it's good for us to kind of question ourselves, evaluate ourselves. Why am I doing what I am doing? Why am I living the way I'm living? Why am I responding the way I'm responding? Why am I passionate about what I'm passionate about? Why am I pursuing what I am pursuing in life? Why? And ultimately, when we boil it all down, we should be able to say, I am doing these things because I want to give glory and honor to God. Isn't that good this morning? Why do I think the way I think? Why do I act the way I act? Respond the way I respond. Do the way I do. Or maybe why don't I do certain things? We need to look at the why behind those things. Sometimes, if we aren't careful as Christians, we'll say, I'm just going to sit it out. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to get involved anymore. I'm not going to use my giftedness or my time or my talents for the Lord. And if I can just preach with love, if we would ask ourselves why, it might be because someone hurt our feelings or someone didn't recognize us or any number of those things. But if I can peel back away from those things and say, no, I want to serve God. Is that good this morning? I want to serve God. I want to tell you, feelings will get hurt. Amen? Disappointments will come. People will fail us. People will neglect us because we're all human, we're all frail, and we all make mistakes. But God is who we serve, and our lives are to glorify God. And I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want anything or anybody or any trivial thing or even any big thing to keep me from having the motive that I want to glorify God. I want to serve God. I only have a certain amount of time left. Only God knows how much time I have left. I want to glorify God with what I have left. How about you this morning? Let's look on in our passage together in 1 Corinthians 3. Jump down to verse 7. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Go on to verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. 
and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. We're working for God. We're working together. What we are doing should complement what other believers are doing to glorify God, to bless and help others. For you are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. I want to ask you this morning as we're sitting here, is God working in and through your life? And if your answer is yes, then I say praise God. If your answer is no, then I want to tell us this morning, it can start today. And that is why we are here on this planet. That is our purpose. That is why we are here. Verse 10, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed on how he builds on it. Christ has laid the foundation. All throughout time, others have come along and worked and built. And now we stand here this morning and can I tell us everything we see around us in this beautiful church and this wonderful ministry of, of NCOG, we can look back and we see where others have built on the foundation. May we be careful how we build as we move forward. May we be careful how we build in God's kingdom as we move forward. And finally... We are motivated to mission. We should be motivated towards maturity. We should be motivated to check our motives. Why are we doing what we're doing? But then finally, we should be motivated towards mission. Look with me, and let's pick back up with verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Keep moving with me, verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, Silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, keep moving. Each one's work will become clear for the day. Notice that's capitalized. It's the judgment day. Each of us is going to give an account for, for how we have spent our time, how we have lived our lives. The day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Now, stop there just a moment. That's a sobering thought. It's a sobering thought. It tells me as a minister, as a person, as an individual, can I just preach to myself this morning? It tells me that I could occupy my days and my nights doing good things and right things and gospel things and church things, but on that day when my works be tried with fire, they may not be as impressive as I thought they were. Now that's a hard pill to swallow. Why? Because my working must come from a heart of love and a focus on Christ and upon God. Am I making sense this morning? I can't just go through the motions, nor can I do things just for the accolades and, and the pats on the back from, from men and women. But if my motive is and my mission is to do what God has called me to do because I love God and I love other people, then when my works are tried by fire, I'll have a reward. And I can be proud of what I have done. How about you this morning? Are we living our life on point? Are we living our lives towards the mission that God has for us as individuals? And if we aren't today, we can start doing that. I wanted to end this morning just talking about mission in regards to our, our church even. You remember a few months ago that we 
talked about our new vision and the, the mission of our church and where God is, is taking us. And I wanted to just reiterate some of those things this morning. Connect, create, and care. And I believe that as we move into the year 2020, now more than ever as a church body, may we try to do these things. What, what are you talking about, Pastor, when you say connect? Remember, we talked about an extension cord and how that takes from a power source and it takes it somewhere where the power source isn't and it connects the two. And I believe now more than ever, our mission as a church needs to be to take this glorious gospel, these glorious experiences that we have here and extend it to all who are around us in our communities. And even around this world, the gospel message needs to be spread. So what are we connecting? We're connecting people to God. And we're connecting to each other in Christian fellowship. Is that all right this morning? I believe we should connect. That should be our mission. Secondly, we talked about creating. When we're talking about creating, I'm really, it's that big word, discipleship. It's not good enough for us just to come here and occupy space and hug necks and, and, and slap on each other's shoulders. All that's wonderful. That's part of it and it's good. And I, I love the love that we have, but Beyond that, we need to be serious about becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. Is that all right this morning? Do I know his word? Am I growing in my knowledge of his word? Do I know my purpose? Am I growing in the ministry that God has for me? Discipleship, mobilizing, learning, growing. Can I tell you, people in this world need purpose. And God has a purpose for each one of us. May we find it. May we help others discover it and equip them in discipleship. And then finally, may we care. What's that care all about? It's about loving. Everybody say love. I just felt the love of God here so strongly a few moments ago as we were praying together. And I thank God for love. Don't you wish our neighbors, don't you wish those that we work with, don't you wish those that we see in Walmart sometimes that just seem frazzled and, and rattled, don't you wish they could experience that love that we have in Christian community? Caring, loving, may we take this love and extend it to those who are around us. What is care all about? It's about love. It's also about giving, giving of our time giving of our treasures, giving of our resources, caring enough to give and to serve. And I want to say it, I've said it before, we are happiest when we're serving. Some of the most miserable people are those that start becoming consumer Christians and they come to church and they kind of take their scorecard and, and we give the praise team a seven today, we give the preacher a four and a half today, he preached too long again today. They just go, you know, and, and they score it. <laughs> that's, not a, that's, that's not fun. That's not fulfillment. But what if I came to the house and I said, first and foremost, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice. And be I lost my mic. What if I came to the house of the Lord and I purposed that when I get here, I'm going to love on as many people as I can. I'm going to encourage as many people as I can. 
What if I came to the house of the Lord and I said, when it's time to worship, I'm going to stand and I'm going to give honor and glory to God. And I don't care if it's a song I like or a song I don't like. I read in a book recently where, where a pastor gave some good advice. He told the gentleman, he said, the gentleman didn't like certain songs. And he said, well, you're not worshiping the song, you are worshiping God. And he said, you know what you ought to do? He said, when they're singing something that you're not enjoying as much. But he had great advice. He said, when they begin to sing, just remember the object of your worship. And he said, if you need to recite the Lord's Prayer, then recite the Lord's Prayer. If you need to stand there and reflect on Scripture. Isn't that beautiful? What if we just took the mindset that this is time to worship God? And I'm going to worship Him. He is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of our praise. He's so much bigger than a style. He's so much bigger than a preference. He is worthy of praise. God, help me to worship you. What if we came on this ground to, to, to worship, to love, to serve, and we put the scorecard aside? Isn't that good? That's pretty good preaching. I'll just tell myself this morning. Pretty good preaching. <laughs> well, thank you. Put it aside. I just say, I'm going to worship you, Lord. I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve. It's about you. It's about others. I guarantee you, if we take on that mindset, we'll be fulfilled. We'll be happy. We'll leave here joyful and filled. Amen. Amen. Musicians, would you come on up before I get into any more microphone trouble this morning? Told you I'd be mindful of the time this morning. They would come and sing. Would you just stand with us this morning? and Preaching about motivation. Motivation. I want to challenge us this morning. Three challenges to take away today. I want to challenge us to maturity in Christ. Is that all right? I want to challenge us to maturity in Christ. I want us to feel that the status quo isn't good enough. It's not good enough for me to just come and sit week after week, but I want to mature and grow. I want to learn more. I want to know more. I want to be more. God, make me a mature Christian. Is that okay this morning? I want to challenge us to check our motives today. Where's my heart? Where's my motive? Am I being carnal? Envy and strife and division and selfishness and all those things. God, just take those out of my life and make my motives to be pure. Make my motives to be godly. And then finally, I want to challenge us to mission. Mission. What is it that God is calling you to do in this season of your life? It might be to sit and pray for your pastor and for your church and for the lost and for your family. And nobody else might ever see that, but God sees it. One of the most powerful ministries is praying. It might be to pick up a phone and call and check on different ones. And I missed you today. Or how are you feeling? Can I pray with you over the phone? And it may be to teach a class. It might be to, to work in the nursery. It, it might be to witness to a coworker. God may have placed you in a, in a certain vocation for this season of time, for a certain reason to shine your light. 
Some of you are going through some very, very difficult times, physically speaking. But I want to tell you, you're an inspiration and your light is shining and God is using everything in our lives. Everything. I don't want to embarrass Sister Betty back there, but it just hit me this story. I didn't have it in my notes. She's battling a tough illness, but she showed me the other day when we were there visiting. She wheeled out onto the deck and down the ramp and on the corner of the deck, she said, this is where I pray. And she had written down different requests, different people, this church. And in the midst of her affliction, she's praying. I want to tell you that's powerful. I, I want to tell you that's something God is using. I was going to say he can use. He is using. And I believe if she can pray, I can pray. I believe if she can do, I can do. What is it, God, that you're putting on my heart to do? May we fulfill it now. May we stand faithful in God's callings and purposes for our lives. So I want us to just bow our heads this morning and search our hearts individually. This altar is open. If you need to come and accept Jesus Christ, that's the first step towards maturity. That's the first step towards motives being right. It's the first step towards mission in our lives, that relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know him as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you surrendered your heart and your life to him? If not, I invite you to come to this altar and to come to know Jesus. Let him change your life. Let us secure your eternal destiny.